Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Markets today saw some mixed type of numbers, but we had uh, Fed talks that were going on. We've also got weather in Brazil, African swine fever in China. We'll talk more about how that's affecting the trade. Movement of grain out of the Black Sea region. And, of course, we'll look at some production estimates both here and abroad. Lots to look at today as Arlen Suderman joins us. Of course, Arlen is with Stonex. I think we got to start out talking about your guys' release today of the South American production estimates. What did the report have to say? Yeah, basically it shows we're still expecting big crops. There's been a lot of stuff in the social media about problems in South America. And let's remember, it's a big country. I mean, just Mato Grosso alone, which is just one province within Brazil that does happen to be the biggest producer of of soybeans and safrina corn. Uh, That's because it's 1.3 times the state of Texas. And that's just that's just one province of it. Um, they've been dry, and the rains have been scattered. They've been spotted. The monsoon rains have been very slow to get started. That's typical of an El Nino growing season, but it's been probably even worse than that. Some similarities to 2015-16 growing season, but there's also some differences. As I talk to the people in Brazil, they're not worried. They are getting concerned because a lot of the rains that would show up in the forecast just really don't verify. But overall, they still say if the rains that are coming this weekend come and the forecast play out going through November, December, uh, January, that they should still produce a, should produce a good soybean crop. So their survey estimates a 164.1 million metric ton soybean crop. That's assuming a trend yield. Remember last year they had above trend yields for their corn and soybeans. Um, so it's not up that much, but we did see from a year ago, but it's still a huge crop. Uh, they did note that the weather does need to cooperate um, and hopefully it will for their standpoint. Uh, they expect farmers to plant about 45.574 million hectares. That's 112.6 million acres of soybeans this year. Um, so that's considerably above what we plant here in the United States and up about 3.2% from last year. They, they're seeing a, uh, a little bit of a shift from the summer corn to soybeans, less corn acreage, uh, more soybean acreage as a result. Uh, when you look at the overall corn production, um, they're expecting that to drop by about 10 million metric tons overall from last year's crop. So we're looking at a total corn crop uh, this year of around 100 and uh, what was 128 million metric tons. That's down almost 10 million metric tons. So that'd be down almost 400 million bushels from last year's production. And that's a little bit of a shrinkage in area planted there. It's mostly just returning to normal yields, trend yields. Last year they had well above trend yields because of a favorable growing season. So looking at all that data, if you're a, a farmer listening to this and knowing you've got crops in the bin, what does this mean for export opportunities? Does it pull us back even more than what we've been seeing so far? Yeah, I think it's real problematic. Uh, I was just looking at some of the data for the month of October, um, export shipments, and, and we're just seeing these tremendous shipments coming out of Brazil right now. And it's at cheaper prices because of currency exchange rates. 
uh, that they have some real advantages in exporting. And, and if they're, you know, they're about 8 million metric tons, or uh, which would be around 315 million bushels or so ahead of last year's pace at this time of year in shipping. And they're pretty much supplying uh, China's needs together with some corn that China's still getting out of Ukraine. Um, and, and as well as other customers as well. So Mexico is, you know, we have get doing a lot of business with Mexico because we have the freight advantage there. Um, but outside of that, Brazil is really beating us on the world market with both uh, soybeans and corn right now. Definitely comes as a frustrating part because we've been in such a trend that we just know fall gets here and we have those export opportunities. We look at the the shipment data for October, November. Uh, we're seeing that uh, Brazil, uh, and I'm talking about shipment of soybeans to China. Normally, we would own that market this time of year in the fourth quarter of the year as Brazil would be out of beans and we'd be shipping. Uh, but as you look at the shipments that are heading toward China, October, November, um, roughly about 45% of those shipments are coming from South America, most of them from Brazil, some from Argentina. And if you look at what's been booked so far for December shipment, roughly half of it is coming from Brazil. And so that, I think, is we've had a strong shipment season start so far for soybeans, but it isn't going to last long because if you look at our marketing year-to-date export sales, they're trailing the seasonal pace we need to be on to hit USDA's current target by about 150 million bushels. So unless sales pick up dramatically here soon, uh, we're going to have trouble maintaining the shipment pace. You know, and we can't talk about it as of yet, but coming up later today is the opportunity to learn more about the U.S. side of those production numbers with your information coming from Stonex. Yeah, absolutely. We survey our customers once a month, at first of the month, um, starting in August, going through November, and we ask them, what do you estimate final yields to be in your region? And then uh, we compile that. We've been doing this for like 25 years and know how to weight it all and make it into one estimate, let alone a state-by-state estimate. And uh, so we're looking forward to seeing those numbers. I have not seen the data. I anticipate that we'll probably see a modest reduction in both corn and soybeans. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Channel Final Bell. We come back, we'll talk about those Fed talks that have been taking place. And, of course, you know they always bring a midday announcement news conference. We'll find out more about that. We'll look at the weather situation that we're seeing, movement of grain, and what's going on with African swine fever. We haven't heard that discussion in a while. More is coming up. The Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Pony Express Chevrolet in Gothenburg wants you to stop in soon to get that new car, truck, or SUV you've been looking for. The lot is filling up with more new and used vehicles arriving daily. It's time to come and check out our inventory to get what you've been wanting. And our service and parts departments are ready to get your vehicle scheduled for a service or whatever other repairs you need to keep your vehicle running smooth. Stop in soon to Pony Express Chevrolet in Gothenburg. Chevrolet, find new roads. KRVN. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman, of course, Arlen is with Stonex. And we talked about a variety of different things that were affecting uh, the market from a grain perspective. But we had a Fed talks that have been taking place this week. And Wednesdays, Arlen seemed to be a notable news conference day. And usually you've got that going in the sideline while you and I are talking. 
Did you pick up on anything from the feds on, on this week, this month's talks? Yeah, the economy is stronger than what they expected. The labor market is still tight. Uh, we are seeing some effects of their monetary tightening, and we can talk a little bit about that, where that's coming from. And so they're going to hold the line but leave the door open for another rate hike. And I think basically the Fed is at a position right now where it is seeing some other things happening that are starting to do its work for it. And that's really comes down to the interest rates on the longer end of the yield curve that are continuing to trend higher, at least until the day. Today, they've started to break lower. Um, and that is doing some of the work for the Fed. And and there's a couple of things here. It's not just interest rates, but it's the money that the Fed has been pulling out of the economy via quantitative tightening. They say it's um, unwinding their balance sheet. Um, and what that means is they're buying fewer debt certificates or treasuries or bonds. During the pandemic, they were buying 60% of our debt certificates, and that was a way they could insert money into the system. Now they're trying to unwind that to the tune of $1.14 trillion per year. And, and they can study the surplus money that's in the system sloshing around. And that surplus money is what helps keep demand going, which keeps helps keeps helping support consumer buying and therefore inflation pressures because inflation happens when demand is greater than supply. Um, and so the only tools they have really bring inflation and control control is to, is to reduce that demand. So they've, they've been reducing that surplus cash supply. We still see excess savings in the system, but now most of those excess savings are more in the, in the, in the higher income brackets. First was across the board, and then the low income brackets lost at first, and it's moving its way up the scale. And really, it's kind of estimated that by the time we get into early next year, we're going to be losing the bulk of that surplus cash sloshing around in the system is our our estimation and so the fed is probably what that means is is uh, apollo um, economics has estimated that the number of debt certificates the volume of debt certificates offered onto the market next year in 2024 will be 23 percent higher than this year across the board if you have fewer buyers but a larger supply of debt certificates the debt certificates have to have a higher yield the yields have to go up in order to attract enough buyers and so I, I really think that at some point next year and it may probably be in the first half of next year We'll have to see the Fed pull back on their rate of shrinking their balance sheet, reducing their quantitative tightening, so to speak, in order to start buying more debt certificates again to keep Treasury yields, particularly at the long end of the yield curve, from going up too high. Uh, so that's the next thing I'm looking for. But that is slowing down the economy. Why the Fed doesn't need to raise rates anymore in all likelihood. Not saying they won't, but that's really reducing their need for it at this point. And I think that it's probably going to slip us into a modest recession at some point, maybe in the first half of next year. I want to talk about African swine fever. We haven't seen it in the news as of late. And, and you brought up that it's becoming an issue once again in China. Yeah, it is. And let's, let's keep in mind, there's no cure for it to this point. So it is endemic in China. They've got these big commercialized farms that try to have biosecurity to keep it out of their farms. 
Um, so it's mostly hitting the small, medium-sized farms, and it usually hits every year at wintertime. This year may be a little bit earlier than normal. There is some evidence that this strain may be a little bit more um, threatening than the past strains that we've had, at least than the previous strain that we had as it mutates from year to year. So we are seeing a lot of hog farmers kind of liquidate their what pigs they got at lower weights trying to get them sold before they get the disease again mostly they're small and medium-sized farms that's increasing the supply of hogs now on the market um, but let's keep in mind china was overproducing hogs anyway and so this is helping to solve that problem will it result in increased imports of u.s pork maybe but i don't think we can make that assumption yet at this point it's something that we're watching we have our boots on the ground in china researching it and we'll pass along any additional information that we get on it well unfortunately we ran out of time to talk about weather but what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you arlen stonex.com or over on x formerly twitter Arlen FF 101 is my handle. Lots of great stuff we talked about today. And as we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell. It is being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional right here on the Rural Radio Network.